Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Ivana Robinson, who is a certified professional life coach and helps successful mid-career women break free of the shoulds to embrace life with even more passion and purpose. Welcome, Ivana. We have so much to talk about. Let's get right into this. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh yeah, I'm excited to have you here. So let's tell the listeners a little bit about your journey, where you grew up, personal journey and how this has led to your passion as a life coach. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Colorado in the suburbs right outside of Denver. Pretty, I I feel like low key childhood. Um, But I never really liked Colorado. I didn't feel like I fit. Um, I don't love the outdoors. I don't love animals. Like that just was not my scene. (laughs) Okay. So I could not wait to leave. So going to college was the most exciting thing for me because I needed to get out. Where did you go? I ended up moving to Washington, D.C. to attend Georgetown University. Awesome. Um, Yeah, I wanted a city. That was really, I was like, I want a major city, lots of different types of people. I wanted to study international business. So I felt like all those things kind of went together. Absolutely. In this area for certain. Yes. And how was, you know, curious, how was that, that transition for you going from Colorado to a city like DC? Um, It was actually harder than I think I would have imagined, not necessarily the city part, but, you know, I had gone to a fairly small school for elementary and middle school. Uh, I've had the same best friend since fifth grade, sixth grade. So having to find a new support system, right? And make friends and in a way that I didn't necessarily have to do before. So that first semester was a little rough, not gonna lie. But I love DC. I loved my time at Georgetown. It all came together. Oh, fantastic. You know, we are in such congruence there. When I went away, I grew up in a small beach town. I actually loved my beach town, but... My school was not across the country, but more like two hours away from home, but it was Mm -hmm. a big city. And so that first semester, like you, I look back in that time going, oh my gosh, that was such a difficult time for me. That transition was really hard because like you, I went to school with all my friends from elementary on through high school. So that time of having to really come into your own number one, find yourself, find where you fit in make friends, all of that, I would say, I always look back in that time and say, the education wasn't so much in the classroom. It was outside of the classroom. Yeah. That that was huge. So, I mean, yeah, we did get an education (laughs) going to these great schools, but at the same time, the education was also a social education for certain. Yes. So, well, thank you for sharing that because I completely align with you there. And we haven't gotten quite to the point where, you know, you found your passion for life coaching, but what were some of the key challenges you confronted throughout your life and how did you move through and understand those challenges? Um, I think the biggest one was feeling out of place. You know, I had a very supportive environment and, and that was cool, but my environment was very white. It was very affluent and I did not necessarily fit in that. You know, I'm a black woman. 
Um, I grew up in a single parent home and we were fine, you know, middle-class, but not necessarily going on like the types of vacations that the people around me were going or the types of homes that they had. So I knew that my life, you know, outside of school was just very different from that of my classmates. And then, like I said, not feeling at home in Colorado. It's, it's a very outdoorsy place. It's beautiful. You know, visiting is, is great, but I was like into fashion and I wanted to be cute. And like, I wanted that city life. Um, and so I just never fully felt like I could be myself or that I was fully understood. Gotcha. No, I get that. So where did you find your place? Where did you find your momentum where you connected, where you could actually flourish? Yeah, um, I think it started a little bit in high school where I just became comfortable. My high school was a lot bigger than the schools I had previously attended. So there were lots of different types of people and there was a place for everyone. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to Georgetown, um, I remember going to visit the school. I visited a couple of schools in DC. Um, I had gotten into them, but visiting Georgetown was the first time I'd been in DC. And I just remember walking through the front gates and feeling completely at peace. Like I knew it was a very visceral change. I knew that this is where I was supposed to go to school. So right. even when it was tough, when I first got there, I was like, I have to see this through. I have to figure this out. And it was similar. There was a place for everyone. So I was able to find sort of my people, right. but in different, you know, all the aspects of myself. So it's like the, you know, you have your class friends or you're more academic or my friends in the business school. Um, but then I had, you know, the extracurriculars or my jobs and I had those friends and yeah. people who came from different walks of life, different countries, different parts of the U.S. And so I think I felt more at home because I was in a place where there just was some of everybody. Right. Absolutely. Because many times I'll have these interviews and people will go through these unique experiences, especially going from home as a young person into college or into the military or whatnot. And they find that they feel some kind of imposter syndrome. But yet what I'm hearing from you is you found your place. This was like a place of growth, even though there were challenges, there is transition that has mm -hmm. to be done during that time. And how we move through transition is really just very specific to each and every one of us. And so it sounds like you really found your place. You knew what you wanted. And that is so exciting when you finally reach that point where you're like, yes, I'm here and mm -hmm. feel a sense of peace. That's so cool. Yeah, it was everything. My mom had always asked me growing up, like, what is it you're looking for? Because I was so keen to get out of Colorado and I, I couldn't tell her. I didn't really know, but I knew I would know it when I found it. <laughs> And right. I think Georgetown and, and DC was sort of that first feeling of like, this is it. Yeah. And so what were some of the other pivotal points in your life that you found either that aha moment or it was a challenge and you were able to overcome it? What were some of those other things? Um, so one that really stands out is sort of uh, a little earlier than that. I went to a magnet school for for elementary and um, middle school and the big thing that they would do is for eighth graders you would go on a trip to Europe and this was a big deal you know I'd never traveled outside of the country um, but you know it was it was important this was the thing to do yeah. um, and my eighth grade year we went to Spain and um, 
England. And I fell in love with the city of Barcelona. I fell in love with like traveling. You know, I had been, we did lots of road trips as a kid and I had, you know, flown a few times, but never overseas or really gotten to experience a new place in that way. And from then on, I'm like, I have to travel. I have to go places. I had planned to go back to Spain for study abroad. <laughs> like I was, I, ah. I knew that I, I needed to do this. Um, that is so cool. And that very much has driven a lot of my decisions going forward as an adult is how can I travel? How can I experience something new? Yeah, yeah I love that. I love to travel as well. It's just, it really opens up your vision and scope of the world of what you're looking for, where you want to be. And when you, once you get that travel, travel bug, that's it. Yeah. You just want to keep doing it. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So that I think kind of fed, you know, wanting to do international business and um, studying abroad and, and living abroad later. Um, And then another one that definitely comes up is when I was working at a big four consulting firm, Um, I was maybe two, two years, maybe a year and a half into my career. And I had been really stressed out. We'd gone through, I, you know, worked on some big projects and I decided to dye my hair purple. Mm. And at the time it seemed like a bigger deal than it probably was, but, you know, to work in a corporate environment, to be young and a black woman, in an environment that really was not that. Um, I think for a lot of people, it seems very risky to do Mm -hmm. that. But at the same time, at that point, I was so sure of myself and my role. I was like, I'm so good at my job. They're not going to fire me for having purple hair. Like, I just, I know that. (laughs) Right, right. So what ended up happening? Um, And it ended up great. The people that you would have thought would have had a problem with it were my biggest supporters, you know, thinking of the, the older white man, sort of, right. you know, the partners yeah. or even at my clients, you know, the C-suite that we were working with. No, sure. loved it. We're all about it. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh my gosh. So, you know, I have a, a little bit of a story that I can add to that. So I wrote a book, it's called FBI Get Real with Strong Language. Yes. The, the title, right? And so you know where I'm going with this. And so I was on tour and I actually was in San Jose and I sat down um, and some of the people would look at the book and say, mm, that's interesting. A couple of people would look at it and just shake their heads. And a few people being those that I perceived as maybe the, being the ones to shake their heads actually came up to me. The older white man came up to me and said, oh, this is interesting pulled up a seat, two of them at different times, pulled up a seat and said, tell me about this. Yeah. And they walked away with two books in their hands saying, I want to get this for my granddaughters. I want to get this for my wife or for my, you know, such and such. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. and I thought to myself at that moment, aha, uh-huh, maybe I shouldn't have made those, those judgments necessarily. Maybe I should have just went into, you know, this book is for everybody because it truly is. Yeah. But whoever wants to consume it or take it or read it, that's up to them. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that I had those people that I thought, ah, definitely wouldn't pull up that seat, who pulled up that seat to talk to me. So yeah, sometimes we're surprised, right? Yes. So, Very much. And, and it's a great surprise. So I love that. And it really opens kind of your mind into your own biases, maybe, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it definitely nice. did. So what would you say in your bio 
you talk about your non-linear journey fueling your passion. I like that description a lot. The non-linear journey. Can you speak to this? Yeah. So I I think it started off sort of very linear, right? Like you go to college and then you get a job. Right. <laughs> um, so yes, I went to college to study international business, ended up adding on in operations and information management major, which is like computers, database management, things oh. like that. Um, which wasn't something I had necessarily saw myself being interested in um, and ended up being one of the greatest things that I, I could have done. Um, I graduated and I go work for this big four consulting firm doing sort of IT risk compliance. Um, also not necessarily where I saw myself, but made sense, made sense at the, the moment. Uh, started in DC. After a couple of years, I ended up moving uh, to Belgium for almost two years mm. to help out with the office over there. And I had wanted to go abroad. Like I said, I love traveling and that had been a goal of mine. But in my mind, I was like, let's go to Mexico. Let's go to Latin America. Spanish is technically my second language. And they were like, yes, but we need your help in Belgium. Yeah. Um, cool. And I'd never been to Belgium. I'd been to a lot of the countries around Belgium. I don't speak French. I don't speak Dutch. Um, you know, I didn't at the time when I initially said, yes, I didn't know anybody over there. So it was a complete, you know, just out of my comfort zone once again. Um, ended up going over there and, and sort of doing a little bit different work than I had thought, working on global clients and, and things like that. But I didn't love it. Okay. I was sort of over my role. I wanted more time internally. Like I enjoyed working with my team. I enjoyed recruiting. Um, you know, I was really into helping other people figure out their journey right? Mm -hmm. And figure out themselves as they were going through that journey, mm -hmm. which you don't necessarily, you get a little bit of, right? If I'm leading a team, but right. my focus is still on client service and making sure that sure. we're serving the clients in that way. Um, and so when I came home, I was like, let's do something else still with the same company, but decided to do more what we call like relationship work. So it's more straightforward consulting, not necessarily as much of the compliance side and regulatory stuff. But that ended up bringing me back to the West Coast. So mm. I ended up moving back to Denver. Shocker. Oh, never, wow. never <laughs> saw that coming. Oh, my goodness. Back in Denver. Yes. So how was that for you? How's Are you still in Denver? I am still in Denver. Um, <laughs> we'll be making some plans to, to leave soon. COVID changed my timeline a little bit. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's been good. It has been great being home, being able to be closer to my family. I have a niece and nephew now. Gotcha. Um, so getting to have that time, but at the same time, it's still not my place. So right. even though I've been there for, you know, about a year and a half now, it still feels like I'm very much just visiting, right. you know, my people are here, but this is not my place. Sure. Absolutely. It's not a place that fills your soul. Yes. You know that you've got the spirit that just kind of wants to continue to grow and, and figure out where your place is. And maybe that's DC, maybe that's somewhere else. Do you know where that place is or are you still kind of looking? Um, so I'm going to go give Houston a try. I have some Ooh. friends down there. So that I think is my next sort of interim place. It has a lot more of what I'm looking for in terms of diversity and cultures and um, yes. there's Growing. no snow there 
So <laughs> there's that. Um, but Mexico City is is where I would like to to head next. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting and exciting. I love that. So I'm going to ask you another question. What would you say are some of your, what I call super skills? My super skills, um, relationship building. Um, when I was working in consulting, one of my jobs ended up being working with our more difficult clients Mm. or the particular person on that client who may have been difficult. Um, I found it very easy to find whatever, you know, find that bond, whatever it is, whatever it is that they're into or figure out what, maybe where's that animosity coming from? You know, I was doing a lot of audits. No one likes the auditor, right? No one is happy to see us. Um, So I understand that. So is figuring out how can I make this connection with this person? And that be kind of became my thing of I would get called into meetings where I didn't know what we were asking for, did not know what this meeting was for. But if I were the one to ask for whatever we needed, the response a lot of times would just be more positive. They would be more willing to help us um, because I had made the relationships and bonds with these people. Right. Oh, that's fantastic. So that's a great super skill. So how do you help women that you coach identify their skill set and define their passion? Yeah, I think the first thing is to figure out what are your core values? And yeah, figuring out what your core values are, but also making sure that they are your values and not values that were given to you or they're coming from a fear-based place. Yeah. I fully agree with you. I am in alignment here. There, <laughs> <laughs> That's what my book is all about. And it really is what I call, um, and you'll probably understand this clearly. I mean, and completely that it's not necessarily about the values that were imposed on you. It's about the values that you live in congruence with. Mm -hmm. So it's really, that is your foundation, your launching point. It's about once you know what your values are, you have a clear understanding of who you're going to partner with. And if there's going to be longevity there, the job that you want, and if there's going to be longevity there, because as you know, we go into these interviews and we ask them, well, what's your mission? What are your values? What are some of the things that you know are important to you? If you don't know what's important to you and you take a job and they start clashing with your own values, that is not necessarily the best match for you. So once you know your own values, a lot of times it really clears your mind and clears your space for understanding what's best for you. Yes, making decisions becomes way easier. You can let go of the outcome because you know that you made that decision from a place that is in alignment with you. Absolutely. I am so there with you. So we've talked about a lot. We've touched on a lot, but as we come to the close of this interview, I would have one last question. If you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? You don't have to have it all figured out. You know, we want to make a decision that feels like it's going to be great and lead us down the path for the rest of our life. But the reality is you can only make one decision right now that is based on the information that you have. So you make the best decision using that information, whatever that outcome is, is not necessarily a mistake or wrong or meant that you made a wrong decision, but it's just new information for you to use and to make a new decision. You're not beholden to that previous decision. 
Oh, fantastic. I love those words of wisdom. And thank you, Ivana, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. If you'd like to connect with Ivana Robinson, please follow her on Instagram at Ivana Run the World and at IvanaRobinson.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at infocorewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together. 